0: Hi, this is Jenna Raine, and I'm with Rob on Front Row Live.
1: I'm super excited about obviously this new signing, this new EP that you just dropped, but I'm more excited about your voice. You have this incredible, like, beautiful tone to your voice, but at the same time, I get this hint of country for some reason. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, before we really dive in and talk about this EP, like, I want to talk about that transition from Being in a girl group like L2M to now kind of being a solo artist and kind of discovering yourself. I feel like that's one of the hardest things coming from a group and then trying to figure out who you are as an artist and what your voice is all about. So what was that like for you?
0: Oh, my gosh, that's such a good question. I mean, I definitely had a rocky start because I didn't know my own sound and I didn't know what I wanted to sound like. It was really a struggle, honestly. And I grew up playing a team sport, softball, for eight years. And so I just preferred to work as a team and, you know, not roll solo. But as soon as I became a solo artist, I realized it was very important to become the owner of my own business and kind of direct where the sound needs to go and it took me a couple years to figure that out but during I really spent a lot of time writing by myself and that's how See You Later came about in the first place so I think it wasn't until where I was able to figure out who I wanted to be as an artist which was a huge step for me.
1: What would you say was scarier figuring out who you want to be as an artist or realizing that you have to be vulnerable by yourself now?
0: Uh, I don't know. Vulnerability doesn't really scare me at all. I'm the, <laughs> the most open book person there is. Probably the first one. Definitely the first one.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's interesting because I, I'm starting to notice a pattern with a lot of the younger artists. Um, they have no fear in being vulnerable and open to their audience. And a yeah. lot of the older audience, uh, a lot of the older artists, especially those that are have been established, like they still kind of struggle in that department. Um what do you think it is that these younger newer artists are just so open to the fans?
0: I don't know. I think it's probably because a lot of the younger artists are able to use social media as a platform before they really get to, you know, making connections and meeting people in the music industry. And when you're doing it on your own and it's very personal, I feel like it's easier to be vulnerable with your audience because you're not starting off at this huge platform. You're kind of starting off and growing organically, which makes it a lot easier to be authentic to the people that gravitate towards the real you.
1: And in that sense, you know, TikTok plays a big role right now in the music industry. Uh, A lot of artists are being discovered. A lot of artists are teasing music and then all of a sudden, you know, fans want it almost immediately. Yeah, uh, totally. <laughs> experiencing something like that, how, how would you say like that made you kind of evolve into a, a better songwriter even faster? Just because like now you have to really release the tracks.
0: Yeah, I think it's I used a lot of what they wanted. Versus what I wanted to write about. Like when I was writing on TikTok, I was writing for other people and not just for myself. And that made it a lot easier to write songs that I knew that they would like. And like 2%, for example, I, I wrote that song for me and I was not expecting the world to... Like the song as much as they did, but I didn't realize that there was such an empty space in that area for like a positive young love song. And for See You Later, they commented, somebody commented right about the right person, wrong time. I was like, oh my gosh, that's genius. And I'd gone through that before as well. So I wrote that song and clearly people needed something like this isn't goodbye, this is simply see you later, which isn't so negative. Um, but it was it was kind of easy to write songs for other people and knowing that they were going to perform well and kind of be prepared for that moment. Uh, that was that was a lot easier because I had listened to them before, you know, beforehand. Instead of putting a song out there that they hadn't heard before and everybody all of a sudden loves it and it's like, oh, crap, I need to go right now and finish it. So, yeah.
1: So would you say that TikTok was pretty much the starting point for your See You Later EP?
0: Oh, 100%. I mean, I had no idea that I was going to write a song that would connect to so many people. I was just kind of wanting a TikTok to do well and people to realize that I was an artist because I had a following on TikTok before people knew me as a singer songwriter. And without TikTok, I mean, see you later would not be a thing. i decided to do this 100 song challenge on TikTok because I was irritated that people didn't know that I was a singer songwriter. So I wasn't just like writing songs for the fun of it. It was kind of a challenge for myself to make myself known, not necessarily get a great song out of it. But you know, that was a plus.
1: <laughs> How exhausting is that, though? I, I remember speaking with uh, an, uh, another artist from the label, Adam Elker, who did something similar uh, in the beginning of 2020. And mm-hmm. you know, I remember him saying like how exhausting it was that it it was starting to be like, oh, I got to get up and write the song every single day. So doing a challenge like that, like how would you like how would you say that that affected you, like stressed you, but at the same time kind of like helped you evolve even faster?
0: I think I'm such a huge perfectionist that it doesn't scare me to challenge myself but also I'm not scared of failure as well. Like I'm the biggest perfectionist you'll ever meet, but also if I fail, I'll just laugh and get right back up. Like it doesn't scare me. And when I posted these songs that I was writing, it didn't scare me if they didn't blow up. A lot of people on TikTok, I think, delete their videos if they don't do very well, which I think is dumb, especially if you put in a lot of effort. And I would write, like about two songs a week. So in my head, that wasn't a lot like 100 songs in a year might seem like a big number. I didn't even hit 100 songs. But you know, I got See You Later. So it doesn't matter. (laughs) But I'm at like song 82 or 83. And it was two songs a week, which wasn't a lot. And that didn't really overwhelm me. And there would be certain weeks where inspiration would just take over and I'd write three to four songs. And then there would be another week where I only wrote one song or an idea for a song, which I was totally okay with. And I wasn't rushing myself and I wasn't rushing the process. So I think that was just a good mindset to have. I didn't drive myself crazy with the challenge.
1: Now, let's go ahead and talk about your uh, collaboration um, with Nathan Chapman on this EP as producer. what was that experience like? What was it about Nathan that really wanted that made you want to work with him? and you know how would you say that he like helped you get challenged in this during the process
0: yeah i I had no idea that Nathan was going to be the one to produce out See you later and crowdsurf my social media team they had his contact because they worked with Taylor. And so Cassie texted Nathan, sent him the TikTok, and was like, Hey, would you want to produce this out? And he told me that he wanted to reply immediately, but he was like, I can't be too, I can't show that I'm like too excited about this. And I flew out within the next week or two to do it with him. And he had already had the track done. And I was in Utah before I flew out to Nashville to work with him. And he called me and my parents was like, Hey, can y'all FaceTime real quick? And just keep in mind, I'd never met him before. And we hadn't even talked on the phone yet. And he was so excited to show us this track. He's like, I want, I want to hear you sing it. I know it's going to be delayed, but I'm going to connect it to your phone. You're going to hear the track right now. And I'm just so excited about it. And on the camera, we could see how passionate he was about the song, which just really inspired me. And it just showed that even though he's like such a high name in the industry, people are still real people and they get excited about what they do, which is very inspiring. So when I worked with him, he was the sweetest, most like family-oriented guy in the whole entire world. And that just made me want to be around him even more. And he's so funny. Oh, my gosh. The whole entire time we're in the studio, it's just such a blast. So that just really made me want to work with him again. And there wasn't really another song until 2% that I was like, okay, Nathan is totally doing this, and I'm going to work with him more. And he was so excited about 2% as well. We wrote The Bridge together. Just overall working with him has been such a blast.
1: That's so cool. Uh, I feel like it's, there's so much new music nowadays that it's hard to be as passionate with every new artist that comes by your way. Yeah. So that's really cool that he's still able to like have that kind of level of professional uh, like accolades and then still be super excited. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah.
1: Now the fact that, you know, it was so fun to kind of work with him, like how were you able to kind of stay focused and, and, you know, do your thing when you had to do your thing?
0: Like, with him, like, working in the studio with him. Mm -hmm. I mean, it doesn't really, like, I think what's, like, translated through softball is I do really good under pressure, and when I was working with him originally, I was... I'd already been in the studio so many times just because I grew up kind of in the in industry starting at 11 years old. And so it wasn't uncomfortable to be in the studio. And I think that's kind of nerve wracking for a lot of people that haven't recorded with producers before. So it was something that I was used to and I felt like it was very comfortable and it was a comfortable setting. He was such a nice guy. Like start, like starting point, it was so nice. Like there was no awkward having to break the ice. And I just felt very in my element and I didn't feel a need to show off or do better. I just like did me instead of trying to be all professional.
1: Why did you feel it was important to make an alternate version of See You Later with the collaboration?
0: I think it was very important to get the guy's perspective for sure. Everybody That like the song, there was actually a huge percentage of guys that were listening to the song. And I was like, oh my gosh, I need to get a guy perspective in there. And I knew that a feature would be really cool because I did not write from any other perspective except for my own. And I thought when we found somebody to do the feature, I would have to write it, which was kind of panicking me because I felt like there was a lot of pressure to write a good, you know, second verse, even though I'd already written one. And when we reached out to Jake, he was like, oh, just give me a day. And I was like, okay, perfect. This is exactly what I wanted. And he wrote from the guy's perspective, did his own thing, changed up the melodies, and it was just golden. Oh my gosh.
1: Was that your idea? Was this Nathan's idea to do a guy's perspective?
0: I don't remember whose idea it was, to be honest. Like, I have no idea where that idea originated, but I think everybody just kind of had the knowledge of the next step to further see you later is do a feature. I think it was a no-brainer. I don't think it was anybody's, like, like idea. And we were like, oh, yes, we have to hop on that right now. Everybody just kind of knew that a feature was the next step.
1: And what was that collaboration like once uh, Jake got to record his vocals? I mean, your stuff was already recorded. So did you jump in, jump back into the studio and add anything else uh, once Jake added his vocals?
0: No, we actually like had to do this very quickly. I think he um, recorded his vocals two weeks before the release. That's how fast of a turnaround it was, which is... If anybody knows how the music industry works, it does not work with only two weeks of time. It was definitely super hard on everybody and my team and Jake's team to get it all together so quickly, which props to everybody. But he had only done his vocals two weeks beforehand and I I had to pr- like approve everything so quickly. Like, there was no second guessing of anything. I was like, okay, that's great. Yep, that's good. That's good. Yep, keep it rolling. Uh, but he kind of did that. And then the next week we recorded, yeah, we filmed the music video and then the next week was release day. Like, so it was like record that week, next week, music video next week out, which was so fast, but it was very, very fun. And he was such, such a pleasure to work with.
1: That's really insane. Yeah. That's really unheard of. Like a lot of artists would be like, oh yeah, I wrote that song two years ago and it's finally coming out. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I felt like when I wrote 2%, it had only been three months since I'd written it and posted it on TikTok, which in my eyes, like that felt like a late release, but like with Christmas and stuff and Christmas music, it wasn't the right time to release. So we thought like Valentine's day, best day to release. So I don't know that, that as well, it was like, that felt like a long time, three months to get a song out. But with TikTok and everybody driving you nuts about wanting a song out, oh my gosh. So...
1: But you're already working on the next stuff. So, you know, what's it been like so far working with Ryan Tedder and like how different or how would you say that he's helping you become an even better artist now?
0: Oh, my gosh. Working with Ryan has been such a blessing. I mean, he is so amazing at what he does. Like he is a legend for a reason. And working with him, I remember our first session, he's like. I, I've heard that I have the tendency to like overpower in a room and I'm not trying to at all. I'm just spitting out every single thought that comes into my mind. He was like, so basically don't be afraid to spit out anything. Like if it gets shut down, it gets shut down. If we love it, we love it. Don't be scared to share your thoughts. And I was like, okay, no pressure. (laughs) And I'm like, it's not like you didn't write Halo by Beyonce. Cool. Let's just keep this rolling. And when I started working with him, he really took it to a personal level. Like every single song that we've written and worked on together has been so personal to me and I've been able to share my own story. And I think every song we've written together have like been a lot of my ideas, which is really cool. Like when I had first started co-writing, I was so used to other uh, producers and writers kind of Overtaking the room because I was so young. And at this point, I've really gotten the chance to voice my own opinion, which is amazing. Even with such an amazing person like Ryan, who is such a high name, I've been able to speak my opinion and not feel judged or, you know, like, oh, like she's just this. 18 year old that doesn't know what she's doing. I was able to like feel like I was important in the room, which is very cool. And he's been able to help me find my sound. We've had so many deep conversations about it as well, which is nice because he's been taking the time to mentor me. It's just overall been so amazing to work with Ryan.
1: Now, I'm curious because when I listen to Ryan or One Republic in general, I'm not a singer, but when I listen to One Republic, it makes me want to try and hit those notes that he hits. Like those yeah. ranges are ridiculous, right? So is that does that same kind of happen when you're writing with Ryan? Do you kind of do you find yourself trying to hit bigger ranges or does he try pushing you to hit bigger ranges just because I feel like he speaks in a bigger range at, like normally?
0: Yeah, no, he definitely pushes me, and so does Casey Smith I've been writing with her and Andrew Roberts which is um who I also work with, like in Ryan's studio, they all push me to push my range, which I think is a good thing. They don't push it to the point where if I'm singing live, I won't be able to sing it ever. But it's, it's nice to have people challenge me and to make me better. I would rather that than us to have to adjust every single song to fit in this little soft spot that I can sing with because every single song would sound the same. So I think it's a nice challenge that they all push my vocal range.
1: Well, congratulations with the new single. I'm uh, super excited to hear more from you. And uh, thanks so much for taking the time to talk to me.
0: Oh, no, thank you so much. This has been so fun.
1: Hey, it's Rob again. If you enjoyed this interview, please follow for more. And I invite you to head over to my YouTube channel, Front Row Live ENT, where I have thousands of video interviews with my favorite new and established artists. Once again, thank you for tuning in and have a great night.